0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing out there today? Uh, Wherever you might be on the interwebs in America, in any one of these great 50 states, uh, across the world, across the planet. I hope you're all having a great day as we are coming to you live tonight over here at the C-Report, and I am your host, Mr. C, as ever, and uh, quite glad to uh, have you all along with us tonight as we get ready for another night of news and headlines and current events to cover. And uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's see, today was, uh, I don't know, today was a pretty good day, I would say, and uh, kind of going through the headlines, we have a lot of, uh, you know, Uh, A lot of the same kind of stories going through, but we did have some, you know, pretty good breakthroughs. Yeah, you know, uh, give or take in some regards. We'll be talking about tonight, uh, such as uh, the Supreme Court's ruling on uh, some of these vaccine mandates of one uh, illegitimate Joe, one joke of an administration, uh, so thought, uh, thought we'd kind of peer into that. Well, we'll talk a little Fauci today. He's, he seems to be coming under the, uh, hammer a lot more these days. I think, uh, a little too late, but not late enough, or actually not soon enough would, uh, be the, uh, I think the proper term of endearment there in regards to that man. Oh man. Uh, a lot can be said about that guy. And again, a lot could be said about the speed at which uh, some of our uh, representatives and other officials actually get into uh sharing this information and uh doing something about it but uh where we only have a few who are typically vocal you know we do have uh we do have some that still try and fight for rights but man with the speed of it it takes them uh takes them a whole long time just to finally get around to uh to actually doing something about it. Of course, you know, when we're talking about the uh, documents that were uh, released from uh, Project Veritas in regards to Fauci, you know, uh, just going to show, to prove to the world that uh, Fauci was absolutely interested in gain of function, you know, uh, but uh, he had to find other ways to get that funding and to funnel it into whatever laboratories etc. that, uh, you know, he needed to get that into. It kind of makes me think about, uh, kind of makes me think about uh, Manhattan, Kansas, you know, I'm almost, uh, I am almost provoked to actually search that out right now and hope it doesn't crash my computer. No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Because uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh hearing about Manhattan Kansas and what was going on over there i mean, I mean we did we did an entire report on that uh, it seems like it was back in the day now right as we approach our 1 year anniversary here at the Sea report uh, but uh that was uh that was the uh level 4 biosafety laboratory this biosafety laboratory that they they were building over there now when we talked about Manhattan Kansas that was back in like, oh man, spring, summer, you know, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that biosafety level four laboratory, which is, you know, the same type of laboratory that they had over in Wuhan, right, where this uh, genuinely manufactured uh, um, a disease was created and it, it gained the function to infect human beings, Um it's the same type, same type of laboratory. And of course, the, uh, the main definition uh, with this uh, being a biosafety level four uh, has to do with um, the types of diseases and pestilence and etc cetera uh, that they actually build or create or experiment or generate, whatever you want to call it functionally gain? Nah, nah, that wouldn't necessarily fall into that category. But it's the kind that don't have any type of vaccines, cures, uh, anything that uh, should that disease, should that whatever it is, escape the lab, you know, uh, we will have no defense against it. Okay, Uh, a lot to concern. Now, uh, I mean, that's not to mention that I guess uh, some information has come out about uh, them doing gain of function research and development in biosafety level two labs under Fauci, right? Uh, If that weren't bad enough. But, you know, this entire thing with the Manhattan, I mean, they built it in Manhattan, Kansas. um, and, uh, according to, uh, the report that we did back in the day, it was supposed to be opened and operational by the end of 2021. So has, uh, Mr. C dropped the ball in keeping up with that story? Hmm. I don't know. Um, let's see here. I don't think the people of, um, Kansas were successful in stopping it from, uh, being, uh, built, but you know, you have to wonder What goes into the minds of people who authorize, and it it was authorized, uh, authorize such types of facilities to be built in the middle of a country, in the middle of a beef belt, in the middle of, you know, uh, Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, uh, Tornado Alley, right? Uh, Because, I mean, come on, really? You're going to build a laboratory where you create diseases that, uh, you know, can possibly cross-functionally go into human beings and you're gonna put it right in the middle of tornado alley that's not a good thing ladies and gentlemen not a good thing at all no sirree bob um that uh yeah hmm now we're already we're already getting we're already starting to ponder into some of the deeper things of tonight's episode but uh you know we're gonna have a we're gonna have a news light i guess you could say we got a, a couple of stories to uh to jump into and uh, kind of cover, you know, we got some updates, we got some stories, we got some points of interest. Again, it's just, uh, you know, reading about uh, or, uh, you know, the Supreme Court decision with Fauci and all that stuff. Uh, You know, it it, it can be uh, somewhat distracting. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, you know maybe I'll pull up some stuff on this uh, biosafety level 4 lab in Manhattan Kansas in a minute but uh, uh, yeah uh, g- thank you all for joining us tonight here at the sea report and uh, you know we appreciate uh, you know the audiences coming in coming in if you're joining us we are live on multiple streams uh, we are live over at the foxhole pillnet we're live over at cloud hub I'd like to uh, welcome everyone over at cloud hub we got almost a hundred people over there right now awesome guys guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we do this live Monday through Friday. We're trying to square down on, uh, you know, a specific time. We were running at 7.30 p.m. almost every night for like last few months. And then, uh, you know, I got, to, I, I took ill as a uh, bad grammar would have it. And, you know, I was, I am still, I'm still getting that groove back in there, but I have been feeling uh, much better um, since, uh, since, uh, recovering and stuff like that. So, uh, thank you all for hanging in and, uh, being flexible to our schedule, particularly if you're checking us out live. Um, you know, we, uh, we do have replays available, uh, on some platforms, uh, you know, Foxhole, Cloudhub. uh, you guys are always great about archiving any of the shows that we do, so I'm very thankful about that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, uh, eventually I'll get our uh, I'll get our catalog of episodes on at Rumble, um, and uh, hopefully we can do that uh, so I soon enough so I can start doing live on Rumble as well and just grow the audience. You know, like I was talking about yesterday. Um, for for audiences like Clout Hub and Foxhole and Pilled, uh, it, it's all about it's all about uh, you know um, standing side by side with other patriots and other individuals who have an open mind and a love for our country, and want to hear something that is relatable to uh, to truth and accuracy, or as accurate as we can be in regards to uh, the information that we get. You know, we don't got time to be scouring the headlines for uh, for truth amongst the falsities and propaganda that is uh, spread throughout uh, the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, uh, legacy media, otherwise uh, known as the mockingbird media, you know, uh, and uh, we're waiting for all of that to shut down. In fact, we're, we're waiting for it. We're doing something about it. You know, uh, we're kind of taking it to on all levels at this point. You know, when I say, like, we're doing something about it, you know, that that kind of uh, makes me think of, like, you know, Project Veritas, for example. Um, over at Project Veritas, and we all know the kind of work that they do. But, you know, I remember when they were a fledgling unit of uh, investigative uh, journalists and reporters that, uh, that, that, com- that was comprom- uh, comprised of, like, one individual. <laughs> and, of course, that would be James O'Keefe. You know, I'm always like, James O'Keefe, man, stop shaking them hips, boy. But, uh, uh, you know, the work that they do, they, they are representative of, uh, you know, um, of, in my view, patriotic... Independent journalists, you know, uh, and then, of course, we got we got our other uh, our other lines of defense, um, you know, and that's not to diminish their work as well. But got to be grateful for the independence out there, you know, just like uh, just like where we get um, a lot of our news stories and reports that we share out with the community. Um, here over at the C Report. You know, I don't make this stuff up on my own, guys. And, uh, you know, I don't have any insider track or information. I'm just about sharing the news I think is uh, worthy and is as accurate as I can assess in my amateur analysis of uh, all of the data out there or whatever comes across my desk, you know. Uh, but, you know, we're talking about like, uh, like, for t- for example, tonight's show is brought to you by uh, the Epoch Times, Just the News, Judicial Watch, The Gateway Pundit, The Western Journal, Breitbart and The Guardian. Now, you know, admittedly, I wouldn't include a rag like The Guardian uh, on that list of uh, journalistic independent uh, you know, type of uh, organizations. And, you know, even even outfits like the Epoch Times have come under question by a lot of people. But, you know, uh, that's just, uh, that's part of what comes with this. I mean, you know, uh, that's where discernment uh, really, really barrels into, uh, you know, something that's very important whenever we're uh, listening out uh, to podcasters, live streamers, or reading you know um, uh, the headlines, are, or I, I should say, what is below the headlines, uh, as far as any of the uh, the news agencies that we uh, we cover here at the Sea Report. And uh, again, you know, again, it's all about discernment. You know, uh, trusting that gut. You know, it's hard to believe that you know out there there are still individuals that uh, don't really n- know. About that. Um, I I mean, I guess a good example of that could be uh, all of the people uh, out there who uh, still believe that the mainstream media tells you the truth and that uh, you can trust your government. And one really has to wonder what have these people learned? What have they been doing with their lives? Where has their attention been going to? Uh, but we'll try not to judge too harshly here at the C-Report, ladies and gentlemen, as frustrating as it can be sometimes. And I'm sure all of you guys share that frustration uh, when uh, it's easy for us to, uh, you know, uh, uh, do our own research to, uh, you know, really kind of look into the stuff. But why can't the other people do it, you know? Um, it's frustrating. Of course it is, you know, whether they're family members, friends, or just people that have a conflicting point of view. Uh, but you know, like I said, we won't judge them too harshly here at the C report because after all the system and the world that this system is brought up in is designed to be that way. Does that mean that we should forgive them? Uh, because they uh, they have chosen to just blindly go where all sheep and zombies have gone before. Yay, yeah, 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 you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, we all have, we all have points of views on that, you know, but we'll reserve our own separate judgments to ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but, uh, but for those far left individuals, for those uh, progressives and uh, communist sympathizers, yeah, I, I you know, it, it would be hard for someone like me to turn the other cheek as it were, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, but with that, I just say, may justice be served. And uh, may the ego, uh, you know, uh, uh, shrivel away uh, should that individual actually allow such types of things to happen. Some people it just can't happen. Some people, it's just all about that ego, you know? And, and that's where we get those individuals who have uh, taken the vaccine, for example. They might've taken two or three of them by now. And uh, they just cannot get around this barrier, uh, that they could have been wrong about it the whole time, uh, that they could have been swept up in the sensationalism, that they could be victims of their own fear and uh, complicity, you know, uh, and we see that a lot out there. Um, and, uh, I'm sure the stories, uh, could be never ending indeed, ladies and gentlemen, if you think about it, uh, I'm sure we all know individuals like that ourselves, but uh you know nevertheless ladies and gentlemen like i said system is designed to be that way you know and that's why we have to in my opinion uh continue uh to share the information uh to spread the word uh um, to not uh to not relinquish our own thoughts and integrity in that matter not get beaten down and i think probably at this point ladies and gentlemen not getting beaten down, not becoming fatigued, you know, not, uh, not surrendering to uh, the negativity that we, uh, we see that's involved with the other side and their point of view, I think is, is probably uh, one of the more, uh, uh, cha- more challenging uh, um, factors about what we're uh, experiencing at this moment. Because again, it's easy, it's easy to get fatigued, especially if you've been in it for a long time, right? Um, There was there was uh, the first wave of the Great Awakening, I I would have to say, in recent times came with the election of uh, uh, President Trump, you know, and uh, that was a great awakening right there in itself, you know uh the advent of of q and uh everything that went along with that was uh also in addition to that great awakening you know and uh you know here at the Sea report for viewers who haven't been with us that long uh you know we uh we we well i pers- i personally do not consider myself you know to be uh, a q anon as they would call it because there's nothing anonymous about me you know uh, my show name is Mr. C, but my real name is Michael Aaron Cossettus and I have no problem sharing that information, but you know, uh, Mr. C is where I got my start on the air and, uh, uh I did not find out about Q until like 2019 or so. <laughs> so it would be unfair to say that, you know, we are a Q-centric uh, a Q-centric show, uh, but indeed, we've just been following all of this information for a very long time. I mean, uh, you know, the, the origins of when I start to wake up go back to about 2000, well, I mean, if if you were reading some of my writings, uh, 2003, 2004, but really, really starting to wake up and and to latch onto, uh, you know, um, uh, the understandings of what America uh symbolizes what our constitution means and uh things like that you know oh six oh five. uh so and then really just following that train of thought uh every day after that and and we all have our uh we all have our origin stories about where we wake woke up and how we awakened you know i don't like to use the word woke uh for obvious reasons but anyways but how we awakened and stuff like that you know uh we all we all have our our origin stories but uh they're interesting to hear sometimes. They're interesting to hear, you know, what is it that woke you up? You know, what is it that caused your eyes to, uh, you know, uh, open uh, in regards to uh, the way this world may actually be run? And I say may just, you know, as a kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of a, a buffering from individuals who want to put that, you know, hard um, uh, tinfoil hat on my head, but, uh, it, we, we get it guys. We get it. We know what's up. And, uh, the evidence is out there regardless of what people want to say here and, or believe, you know, but, uh, anyways, uh, at this point in time, we have to, uh, we have to maintain, uh, maintain our endurance. And that's the thing about it right there. Uh, because like I said, you know, it's easy to get fatigued and it's easy to get tired and frustrated Uh, But at the end of the day, even if they're long days, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as long as we uh, as long as we uh, continue to share that information, you know, as long as we continue to share those, uh, you know, um, those uh, prisms of truth, uh, we are able to maintain that victory. We can't let things fall by the wayside. We can't Forget about things. We uh we have to remember. So that's why I don't mind sharing news that is uh it has been repeated, on itself like three or four times sometimes because it's vital information. Uh, speaking of which, that brings to mind like uh, election integrity and uh, and news concerning election fraud. We'll we'll actually talk about Arizona tonight. We haven't visited Arizona in uh, quite some time because you know it just seems that nothing is going on there. Uh, when we're thinking about a g Burnovich, but uh, I'll, I'll throw a, i'll throw another uh kind of uh, you know perspective on that as we uh kind of talk about some of the stories out of Arizona tonight, and again more reasons why they can absolutely decertify i mean never mind the uh the forensic audit that they performed over in arizona right uh, that wasn't reason enough uh but as they are following the letter of the law. And you know, I have to agree with that. Um, it's it's taken quite some time, but uh, I think the main question here, ladies and gentlemen, is why have we not seen a response from people, from officials, from uh, um, uh, law protectors, law you know, law enforcement individuals like A. G. Burnovich, right? A.G. Brnovich, I called him the sleeping bear right from the jump. And it, it seems like he's still hibernating. But we'll see how that turns out. Because hmm? I, I, I try and maintain some scope of, uh, of faith here. I like to use the word faith over hope, you know. Uh, but some kind of faith in the fact that justice will prevail. Um, and that justice will be served, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, all right, I think I have pontificated enough at the start of our show tonight. I also uh, uh want to encourage you guys if you're joining us live and perhaps you uh you missed an episode and you can't uh, catch a restream or a rebroadcast to uh, um, check us out over at the podcast side of the show. Now we podcast our episodes and admittedly guys, I am a few episodes behind on uploading to the podcast. And I need to get those out there for our subscribers. Uh, but, uh, you can go to, uh, anchor.fm slash the C report. Uh, you can subscribe for free, never miss an episode. You can subscribe for free on any major podcasting episode, because let's face it, if you're someone like me, I don't have time for TV screens all the time. You know what I mean? So, uh, I prefer to listen to my stuff in the ear. You know, I will, uh, take news on a jog. I will take news as I'm, uh, you know, doing chores or homework or, uh, Create, be doing something, create, you know, I, I, would much rather use my hands and my ears and my eyes. Uh, so yeah, so that's what, that's the benefit of the podcast. Uh, anchor.fm slash the sea report, uh, got that on the screen right now, the home base there for the podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, check it out, search it out, you know, uh, download the episodes for free. If you'd like every time you listen to an episode or download an episode of the C report, you absolutely support this broadcast. And, uh, you know, you keep uh, you, you uh, uh, it is it is a great exchange for uh, what we do here at the Sea Report. And I thank you all for your support. If you'd like to subscribe with a uh, um, like a donation for the show, you just click that support button. It gives you options here. Ninety nine cents a month four ninety nine a month, nine ninety a month. Nine ninety nine a month. Pardon me. Let me uh let me enunciate better. But any amount helps, guys, and it is most definitely appreciated. So uh, check that out if you haven't had a chance to yet. And uh, you know, um, I hope you enjoy uh, what we share with you. And actually, we'll be uh, we actually also I started uploading episodes from other shows that we do here at uh, Mr C TV or the Mr C Channel. Um, So if you're watching now right now, for example, like on uh, Twitch or Clout Hub, the channel is called Mr. CTV. We don't just do the C Report Monday through Friday Um, on this channel. We also do uh, a show called Mr. C in the Dark. And uh, uh, that's a a more of a casual type of a um, um, late night talk show kind of vibe. Uh, We have guests. uh, We talk about all manners of topics. But, you know, somehow they seem to float around that specter of the deep state and exposing the elitist, globalist filth and stuff like that. So it's always a fun time. Uh, Was also kind of preparing for... uh, We'll be doing a Mr. C in the Dark on Friday. uh, That is Tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow evening, will be live, uh, probably, I'm thinking about maybe 11 p.m. on Friday Central Time. Uh, We used to do them at midnight uh, all the time, but, uh, you know, we kind of got uh, away from that while I was ill, and again, I'm getting back into the groove of things, but uh, Friday, we will have a guest on uh, by the name of Java, Uh, if any of you guys uh, uh, have heard of him or not. um, He actually has a... uh, uh, a comedy show over uh, a podcast that he does so uh but 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 you know uh, as excited as I am to have a comedian on the show <laughs> we 're going to be talking about some serious issues on friday uh but but hopefully uh with uh with our forces combined, we can bring a little bit of uh levity to it uh as we continue to uh talk about um uh, the topic at hand. Uh, which, of course, would be in regards to uh, this being uh, Human Trafficking Awareness Month and Prevention Month. Uh, and this, the month of January, uh, that will be the topic on Friday. Uh, so uh, expect that if you tune in to Mr. C in the Dark on Friday. Uh, we will continue to have a discourse with a guest on our station in regards to uh, that information, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so it should be should be something uh, something interesting and well worth worth tuning in if you're not doing anything on a Friday night in your neck of the woods, and you'd like to tune in live, uh, you're most welcome to. But uh, point being, uh, we're uploading those episodes onto the platform for podcasting as well. And then once we get Lone Star News uh, rolling again, ladies and gentlemen, I know we have a lot of people from Texas in our audience, and I being from Texas myself. You know we are we are located in texas here at the c report uh as as a way to uh clean up our backyard and assist in that process you know we have a texas specific show here on mr c tv and the mr c channel and uh, that is called lone star news uh actually i should say and uh, i'll I'll give a hat nod to uh dj ping 254 over at twitch Um, uh, we have something coming up this weekend, pretty special guys, something coming up. Actually, we have two things coming up this weekend. That's pretty special. Uh, for one on Saturday, we will be live streaming and having a watch party for uh, the President Trump rally in Florence, Arizona. Now the boss is going on late. Uh, so, (laughs) uh. We'll we'll be on late. Uh, I, I haven't decided what time we'll start our broadcast, but there're going to be a lot of speakers at this rally that I would absolutely love to hear. And uh, you know, I think it would be great for the friends out who are watching this live to uh, to hear uh, to share in that experience as well. And you know, we're a bunch of Trump cheerleaders here over at the Sea Report and the Sea audience, um, and and then of course on Sunday. Sunday, guys, I guess we'll be reinstating Lone Star News because uh, um, if plans go as we are uh, mapping them out, uh, uh, we'll be live streaming a, a presentation from Colonel Allen West, uh, who will be uh, holding a meet and greet and a, a presentation uh, in uh, Central Texas. So I'm actually very excited about that. Um, I'm hoping and or slash looking forward to meeting... Uh, the Colonel and, uh, you know, well, we'll see where we go from there, but, uh, look forward to that on Sunday. Cause right now, uh, we're still finalizing some of the plans for that, but it looks like we will, uh, we will be there and, uh, it should be a great time, ladies and gentlemen, um, but yeah, Texas centric news over at Lone Star News. Okay, let me uh, let me just jump over into the chat room at uh, FoxholeandPill.net real quick. Uh, hey guys, how's it going? Uh, it seems my chat's been moving up pretty quick. Um, let's see here. Uh, Tam growls in the house. Rail anon is in the house. Thank you again for donating the one hundred and seventeen gold pills. The Patriot seventeen seventy six. Good to see you, friend. Glad to have you with us tonight. If I'm not mistaken, you were the first one to pop into the chat room. Uh, so good evening. And uh, who else do we got here? We got Sherry Pittsburgh. Good evening. And uh, goodness, it looks like we have... uh we got something going on over there at uh, Pilled and Foxhole. Uh, thank you guys for the donations. You guys are getting into a cookie fight, it looks like, over there. Uh, Depatriate1776, Empress Beach to you. Good to see you. She says, uh, my favorite Mr. C ever. Lots of love. How is your sister doing? Oh, thank you for asking, Empress. Uh, she's doing well. Uh, she's doing quite well. Um, she's, uh, she's, she's, she's improved in all, in all manners of speaking. and She's being a busy bee right now with her job and stuff but uh i appreciate you asking and uh good to see you again and you guys are throwing your cookies you guys are having a cookie fight over there at foxhole thank you so much for for viewers beyond and on the podcast uh uh the cookie fights that's a uh, uh, that that is how they show their love and support <laughs> by donating to the show thank you guys rel anon and for speech to you uh deep patriot 1776 <laughs> Uh you guys are awesome y'all always keep my cookie jar full, and i uh definitely appreciate that <laughs> oh man you guys are you guys are going at it, aren't you uh Elroy, I'm not sure hey Sean Joe, what's up? good to see you, sir also <laughs> sherry Pittsburgh says her favorite letter is still q, yeah, you know, I was actually kind of thinking about that uh the other day uh hey, bill tech, how's it going, sir uh Jane Jetson, hey, good to see you again. Uh, Jane Jetson says, Q taught me to research and question everything. And uh, thank you for the cookie as well. One, two, three, SKG. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) Empress Beach to you says, can we please get Mr. C to uh, 50,000... To, uh, gold pills tonight oh that is a uh, that is a generous goal um empress beach to you and i th- I thank you for the suggestion uh but, but but getting back to the uh the q point you know uh because uh first of all the media demonizes q uh and q uh and you, you it's easy to understand why they do that you know and then, uh, then there's, a uh, within the ranks, right, of Patriots, you have those who, uh, who follow Q, you have those who don't, um, and then, of course, within those ranks, you got those who, uh, have splintering ideas about Q, and, and that can go from everything to, uh, uh, to who Q is, um, all the way to, uh, the, the uh, the ideas of, uh, devolution and stuff like that, and, uh, so, uh, the kind of thing that I like to, uh, or I fall back on actually, because it's easy to get caught up in all of these talking heads. And it would go, it would really be what what was pointed out, um, uh, what was pointed out by uh, by uh, Jane uh, uh, Jane Jensen. There, wait, did I miss you? Did I miss your comment, Jane? Again, um, where did it go? Where did that comment go? Yes, uh, Jane Jetson, who said. Q taught me to research and question everything. Because I remember, you know, whenever uh, the entire inauguration went through, because, I mean, if you guys haven't heard the story, uh, with the whole inauguration of, uh, you know, um, uh, Pedo Joe, Creepy Joe, whatever, uh, and, uh, you know, all of these these Judas goats, idiots, I don't know what you want to call them, like, uh, like Lady Gaga and, and, and you know, uh, Jennifer Lopez, or Lopez. Like... Uh, I remember just watching that TV and just waiting for the military to drop out of the sky and uh, fix our problems for us. But of course it wasn't going to happen that way, you know, and, and even though I've never read the entire Q Bible, which, you know, it, that would be all of the posts, you know, that they did, uh, that people analyze and dissect and, and Delta and all that stuff these days, you know, that's not my shtick. You know, and that's not to, uh, that's not to the uh, discredit of those who do that. I just, I, you know, I mean, I, I still couldn't tell you anything about Gematria and stuff like that. Uh, but I know a lot of people who took the black pill after January 20th and, and they, they followed Q and they did the, the, the number counting and numerology thing and all that stuff. Um, and then there was talk about uh, Q being a PSYOP. Uh, and then there, then, then, that got splintered into it was a psyop for the good and it was a psyop for the bad. All I got to say is really in agreement with what Jane Jetson said. And uh, whatever devices that Q was out there in existence for, it really taught people how to research for themselves. It really taught people to question it. I mean, it really assisted in, in that aspect of... Not just receiving the knowledge, right, from whatever they were observing, whether that was media or, you know, uh, stories on the Internet. It, It also prompted them to dig, to dig deeper below the surface of that information, you know. And so that's where I think Q is beneficial, and if it was a psyop for the bad to make us look like lunatics, well, it backfired. And if it was a psyop for the good, then it did its job, you know, regardless of what it was. Now, there's, uh, you know, people who still uh, claim to be in connection with Q. I don't know about that. You know, there's there's even some people that say that uh, they've spoken to Q. And, and I don't know about that either. You know, that's, that's not my gig here. You know, um, uh, I'm pretty, uh, uh, on surface, pretty on surface with you guys. Like I read headlines and stories and I share them, you know, don't got any kind of, uh, intelligence or, you know, uh, operatives or people calling or yeah, that's not the kind of show that we do here at the sea report, you know? Uh, but the analysis I think, uh, that we offer is, is, uh, is uh is 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 exceptional, you know? And um like I said, following the stories and doing my own analysis for over a decade, I think it's you know, I think it's it's exceptional. But again, trust your gut, ladies and gentlemen. Use your discernment. Uh you know, don't take my word for it. As reading Rainbow used to say, read the book, you know? And and uh see where that see where that matches your your feelings and your your instinct. As far as that goes, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we should all be doing um, aside from, you know, uh, being as active as we can and uh, and assisting where we can in the real world, um, as opposed to being uh, uh, solely digital warriors. And there's nothing wrong with being a digital warrior alone. Uh, so that's all that some of us can do. You know, we all have our daily lives. Uh, we have that nine to five or that 17, 14, 15 hour day or more, you know, so that's understandable. Um, but sharing the information and uh, keeping the faith and towing the line, as they like to say, I think is uh, is far more important in that regard. You guys are still having a cookie fight over there at uh, Foxhole. Uh, again, thank you, thank you so much. Emperor speech to you, one two three SKG. <laughs> oh my goodness, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all's generosity uh, very much. So thank you so much. Curious cat, good to see you. Uh, Curious Cat says, Texas is one of the states True the Vote is looking at. Indeed, Curious Cat, uh, Texas is one of the five or six states, uh, that True the Vote did their investigation into ballot trafficking. Thank you for, uh, bringing that point up. You know, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they've already, uh, they've already sent that information along to, uh, people in Texas. You know, I was quite surprised that, uh, they were, uh, honest about what they found, In the first part of the audit they're doing here in the state of Texas, I still don't like Chris Scott for nothing, and Chris Scott, of course, is Texas's, or I should say, Rhino Abbott's fifth Secretary of State. I'm 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 betting Abbott's gonna have eight Secretaries of State by the time he's done if he gets reelected. He'll have (laughs) twelve. But anyways, yeah, I still don't like Chris Scott for nothing, but uh, but indeed uh, you know, that Texas is included in that, uh, in that investigation into ballot trafficking. Very interested to see how that is going to turn out. And, uh, it's good to see you curious cat in the chat rooms tonight. Much appreciate. Hey, Sergeant Sparky. What's up? How you doing tonight, sir? Thanks for popping in. Uh, good to see you. And, uh, Hey, Pilled by the Rabbits hopping in. Good to see you as well, friend and railing on. Oh my goodness. Emperor speech to you. Thank you guys for throwing for tossing your cookies. I don't know who's in charge of cleanup tonight, but thank you again uh, for filling up the cookie jar. <laughs> Someone send over the uh, cookie spaceship. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's happened here before. Uh, but uh, thank you so much, guys. Y'all are y'all are super super generous, and I appreciate your support. Relanon says Q was fun and brought a lot of good people together. How can we? How can that be bad? I would have to agree with that as well, Relanon. It did. You know, it brought a lot of good people together. Um, and if, on, if I may say this, if only the infighting amongst, uh, you know, patriot minded America first people would stop. But hey, it, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, if uh, if if the Democrats, the progressives, the communist sympathizers are all about divide and control and conquer. Well, they've been successful in some aspects of that, but, uh, I prefer not to get into that topic too much, uh, the infighting in the Patriot communities, uh, because like, I don't, uh, I don't come on this show to talk about, uh, who I think is fake and who I think is, a uh, a paid Patriot and stuff like that. That's not, that's not my deal. Like, uh, you know, uh, people have discernment and I respect their judgment. So, uh, who am I to talk about any of that type of things, even though I've heard stories, even though I've heard things. You know, uh, but most definitely. Hey, DJ Ping, I I see you over there. Uh, just heart bits. Oh, oh. <laughs> Good to see you over there, uh, DJ Ping. Uh, you're you're toeing the line for us over at Twitch all by yourself, and I appreciate you, sir. Okay, guys. Uh, thank you for the can, Jane Jetson, and uh, January twentieth got us to get off our butts and get involved. Says Sergeant Sparky. Yeah. Uh, January 20th guys is do you think there's something going on this January 20th? Do you think that's why they're building that wall around the white house or whatever it is that they're constructing? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. I just know they're building the wall around the white house as opposed to the Southern border. Um, oh, oh, to wrap up that whole point on Q though, the whole thought about it, um, you know, regardless of what people might surmise, deduce, guess, or assume about the whole Q thing, I have to stop and go back and look at the videos and the photos, for example, of President Trump at a rally highlighting the We Are Q poster or holding up the baby that says Q on his little onesie, you know. And and then when I think about that, you know, uh, unless he's told part of the entire psyop, be it uh, good or bad, right? Um, you, I got to think maybe something there's something to it. You know, uh, I don't. I don't think anyone would do something like that if they weren't trying to uh, to express some other, maybe subliminal idea that's going on behind the scenes. So, uh, uh, cookie fight eye protection. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh creative writer good evening to see you thank you for gifting the shades and uh for providing the ppe for tonight uh for those of you <laughs> who are tossing your cookies currently are you going to go over your thoughts on the mandates uh being shot down two in the pink good to see you sir thank you for the cookie and indeed we are you know actually two in the pink thank you you're getting me on track here because uh that's actually one of the first stories that we're covering tonight. Uh so with that said while you guys are still tossing your cookies and again I thank you uh let's go ahead and get into tonight's news cuz I have uh, I have a uh I have spoken long enough. And again, thank you if you are joining us live uh, on whatever platform you are. If you're, if you're the soul warrior over at Twitch like DJ Ping, if you are the, uh, the generous uh, uh, family that we've uh, formed over at the Foxhole and Pilled, if you are uh, watching us over at Clout Hub, thank you guys for being part of the audience tonight. We appreciate your attendance and your presence as always. Hey, Aurelius, I see you there. Uh, and thank you so much. And uh, Sean Joe says, you deserve a lot more, Mr. C. You always deliver a fun, info-loaded show. Thank you for those sentiments, sir. I do what I can. I do what I can here at uh, the C-Report uh, with what I can. Um, but I do appreciate uh, those thoughts. Okay. All right, guys. Let's get into the show. I have been uh, I've been uh, dawdling on long enough, as it were. Um, I told you it was going to be a news light kind of show tonight. So that's kind of, uh, you know... Kind of, kind of get back in touch with the audience and uh, and share some, share some of my own personal thinking with you guys, as opposed to just uh, my analysis on the stories that we're covering. We got one uh, statement from President Trump tonight, and it is right in line with what has been going on. For example, with the uh, Supreme Court and uh, what they have decided in regard to these vaccine mandates, I'd say they got it half right. Okay, I'd say they got it half right. Uh, But let's see what uh, President Trump has to say about that. Um, All right. Dated January 13th. That is today. The Supreme Court has spoken confirming what we all knew. Biden's disastrous mandates are unconstitutional. Biden promised to shut down the virus, not the economy, but he has failed miserably on both. And mandates would have further destroyed the economy. We are proud of the Supreme Court for not backing down. No mandates. And you gotta admit, ladies and gentlemen, that there is a certain modicum of grace and uh, I guess you could say professionalism uh, when a man who, uh, who, who... was thrown out of his presidency um, because uh, the rhinos and the communists or the communist rhinos and the communist sympathizers uh, in DC, uh, the traitorous uh, uh, supposedly elected officials um, of this country who are supposed to be representing the will of the people uh, went through with an unconstitutional um, election, you know? Uh, that this man could say something to the effect of, way to go, Supreme Court. We appreciate you, you know, uh, for not backing down. We're proud of you, Supreme Court, even though you allowed uh, the will of the American people and uh, you allowed a um, an election that should never have been certified, at least prior to investigation, because there were plenty of representatives who were challenging uh, the electoral uh college sign off um that, that that he can go ahead and go back and uh and highlight one of those triumphs you know and, and you know I get it if you want to get technical uh they had legal reasonings at the supreme court uh, all of which was uh formulated around standing right but but that's the legal game that's part of uh what we play uh as uh, you know, lawyers are profusely interwoven into our legislative body. Uh, that is also by design, of course. So uh, you know, w- whatever to that, uh, you know, we can we can we can cry and complain on all of those things the entire time. But the point of the matter is that they were going to do it either way, and they were going to find any way to do it. And of course, uh, through legalese and all of that, it's just easier for them to play this game even longer. Uh, You know, the the legalese will will, uh, will give them the time, and of course, uh, they'll do everything in that time to uh, make us forget about it or to prove us wrong or to demonize us, and that's just what they do. Okay, so let's take a look at the article we have tonight coming from Just the News Uh, Supreme Court blocks Biden vaccine mandate for private firms, allows mandate for healthcare workers. Okay, so that's why I say I think they got it half right. Um, especially when you guys consider, uh, that there's news coming out of what, I think California, where, uh, they are requiring those who got the vaccine and then became sick with COVID. They're allowing them to continue working. I mean, uh, can the contradictions get any more, uh, like in your face, obvious and hypocritical That's just ridiculous, okay? It's ridiculous. Uh, And you would hope, I would hope that the people who are asleep or who are trying to wake up can decipher that, right? Can wrap their heads around it. Or maybe they're just not getting that information. I don't know. Uh, Let's see uh, how Just the News breaks this down for us tonight. So we can take a a look at what was uh, actually at play here. The Supreme Court on Thursday, let me expand this for you guys. The Supreme Court on Thursday blocked the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine mandate that would apply to large U.S. businesses. Yeah, well, I guess they forgot to write the rest of their article. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Just give just the news a minute. They get so much traffic. Uh, It says here, however, the high court allowed a separate policy to take effect that requires vaccinations for most healthcare workers at facilities that receive Medicaid and Medicare funding. Uh, the court's majority was doubtful that the administration possesses the legal authority to impose the workplace vaccine mandate through the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which would have affected about 80 million employees. The health care worker mandate accounts for about 17 million United States workers. Um, so, Just to just to put a pump a break here real quick on uh, what we've uh, read so far. The question that a lot of people have to ask, and perhaps the question that some people will ask is, uh, even though the Supreme Court has ruled to block this mandate on employees uh, and businesses, uh, will that be observed, you know? will uh patriots or who people who not even patriots alone people who are uh suspect of these dodgy vaccines that uh could quite possibly you know uh be dangerous for their health at some point in the future um for individuals who are just don't trust the government for people who just don't want to get vaccinated you know for whatever reason Will they have to deal with an employee, an employer, I apologize. Will they have to deal with an employer who, even though the Supreme Court ruled that they cannot mandate the vaccines, will still require them to get vaccinated? Of course, that will open up a door- doorway to litigation. But the point of the matter is between now and that time, I believe you're still going to have employers out there that are absolutely going to still require their employees to get vaccinated. Uh, Because that was also part of this grand design. And that was that I I don't believe that anyone, any of the the puppet masters or the string pullers, I don't believe anyone in that administration ever believed that they would be able to get away with vaccine mandates. I don't think that I think they knew they never it was never going to happen. But what they did know is that with all of the force fed propaganda and fear mongering coming out of the media and out of government and out of government agencies, they knew that they could, um, they could depend on those who were afraid to uphold their will, uphold their mandates for them. And I think that's, uh, I think that's the name of the game for them at this point, guys, like uh, they're depending on public fear and opinion uh, to, 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 Force other people to get vaccinated or to force them out of their job. And uh, so that's kind of my reasoning on that as far as that goes. But uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a win so far, a win so far. But uh, let's see what the rest of it has to say. Oh, just a moment, guys. Uh, it looks like they were tossing too many cookies my direction over at uh, Foxhole and Pilled because I've gotten the boot. Okay, so uh, getting back into this article, uh, it says here, um, where do we leave off? Oh yeah, Chief Justice John Roberts uh, and Justice Brett Kavanaugh were the only members of the court to find themselves in the majority on both decisions. Okay, in the majority on both decisions. It says, all three Democrat-appointed justices dissented from the decision to block the workplace mandate. Justice Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett. Or, yeah, Coney Barrett dissented from the decision to allow the healthcare worker mandate take effect. Okay, so we have... uh, Democrat-appointed justices, of course, dissenting from the decision to block the workplace mandate. And we have Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Barrett dissenting from the decision to allow the healthcare worker mandate. Both rules had been challenged by Republican-led states. According to the Associated Press... Business groups among them, the Job Creators Network and some of its members, attacked the OSHA emergency regulation as too expensive and likely to cause workers to leave their job amid another surge in infections and hospitalizations in the pandemic. The uh, Supreme Court has stood up for small businesses by staying this illegal employer vaccine mandate, Job Creators Network CEO Alfredo Ortiz said after the ruling. The court has confirmed what GCN or JCN has long argued. OSHA does not have the authority to implement this sweeping regulation that will burden American businesses including many small businesses with new costs and exacerbate the historic labor shortage. And that was something else that I talked about as well ladies and gentlemen because uh you know when it comes to OSHA you know and and I used to be an operations manager at a, a company that OSHA visited regularly. And by that, I mean, at least twice a year and did their full run through inspection. You know, uh, you would think, well, I mean, how is OSHA going to uh, how's OSHA going to uh, to 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 invoke that uh, that that mandate? and, And how are they going to enforce it? You know? Uh, because uh, what is OSHA going to do? You know, are, are they going to send OSHA troops over to your work and shut it down? Well, you know, they don't have to do that, you know, because as long as you have a manager or a boss, um, a supervisor, a business owner, uh, who is afraid of either A, this genuinely manufactured disease, or B, of losing or being fined, uh, losing their, losing their business or being fined, they will implement these, um, mandates, you know, again, the administration, the junta, the regime, they knew, you know, all they have to do is say it and they will get those who are, uh, who are, um, easily susceptible to fear, um, or those who love and trust their government to follow along regardless of what, uh, uh research says or regardless of what the truth actually is i mean that's just the long and uh, long and short of it when you boil down to it uh now back to the article ladies and gentlemen it says last friday the justices heard nearly four hours of oral arguments on both policies before arriving at their decision this week and that as they say is the end of the article now, let me get Just the News off of my uh, screen and uh, search bar here because it is slowing things down. I bet you the reason why I lost, uh, I lost, uh, <laughs> lost the audience over there at uh, Pilled and uh, Foxholes because of how much juice Just the News was taking up just to run. Okay, the next article we're gonna go over is also in the same vein regarding, uh, regarding COVID-19 and the jabs, no pun intended intended. Uh, this comes from, uh, the Epoch Times about Dr. Fauci. Uh, I mean, it's not even fair to call him Dr. Fauci, but, uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, Dr. Fauci's come under a lot of fire. He's, uh, he's getting hammered left and right, it seems, and he deserves it, uh, for all the, uh, lies and deception, uh, that he has, uh, placed upon, uh, the American people and the world uh for all the ways that uh his uh his story has affected us guys um you know along with uh all of these revelations coming from official documents from our military et cetera uh now there's more stuff coming out guys and we've uh we've had uh the emails of uh some of his uh references and his uh communications before, but uh more of them are coming out and unredacted now. A uh, headline here reads, Fauci was told privately by key scientists that COVID-19 natural origin was highly unlikely. Newly unredacted emails confirm. Maybe now Fauci will, uh, actually cave in and, uh, be held to some type of accountability. And I say cave in because, of course, as you guys have probably seen in the hearings that, uh, You know, Fauci is just, uh, he's remorseless. He's remorseless. He's calculative and he's disrespectful, you know? Um, And uh, he thinks a twist of his words will uh, save him from, uh, you know, facing the truth of the matter. So uh, let's see what uh, this says here, guys. Unredacted emails confirming, confirming that COVID-19 natural origin was highly unlikely. Okay? Okay highly unlikely. Uh, Top U.S. health officials, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, scrambled in early 2020 to respond to public reporting of a potential connection between COVID-19 and the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. This response, which included a secret February 1st, 2020 teleconference, was loosely detailed in previously released and heavily redacted emails those emails strongly suggested that Fauci and a small group of top scientists sought to promote the natural origin theory despite having evidence and internal ex- expert opinions that pointed to the possibility of a leak from the Wuhan lab. Unredacted versions of some of the emails made public by lawmakers on January 11th further confirmed this. The newly unredacted uh, emails released by House Oversight Committee Republicans confirm and illustrate a pattern of lies and cover-up. From the emails, it appears the effort was spearheaded by Fauci himself, but also involved his boss, recently retired National Institutes of Health director Dr. Francis Collins, as well as Jeremy Farrer, uh, the head of the British Wellcome Trust. It was previously revealed that at least two scientists, both of whom had received funding from the NIH, had told Fauci during the teleconference that they were 60 to 80 percent sure that COVID had come out of a lab. The most significant new revelations in the unredacted emails come from two of these scientists, Robert Gehry and Mike Farzan, who both noted the difficulties rep- uh, presented by the presence of a furin cleavage site in the COVID-19 virus, a feature that would later be cited as the defining characteristic of the virus. Uh, so let's see, they dig into this furin cleavage site, that bothered them. It says Farzan, an immunologist who in 2005 discovered the receptor of the original severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS virus, sent his post-teleconference notes to Farrer, who then shared them with Collins, Fauci, and Lawrence Tabak, top officials at the NIH. In those notes, Farzan wrote that he was bothered by the site and had difficulty explaining it as an event outside the lab. Farzan noted that it was theoretically possible the virus's fur and cleavage site could have arisen in nature, but that it was highly unlikely. And, you know, there are plenty of doctors out there. There are plenty of scientists. There are plenty of articles uh, by scientists who have since become censored or banned who have talked about this very point. So again, the long game, guys, you know, th- that uh, it takes this long for this truthful information to trickle into the hands of our officials to actually be able to act on it is part of what uh, part of what, we, uh, part of what uh, tests our patience. <laughs> uh, and, and perhaps that's what this has been for a lot of us, a test of our patience, our integrity, and our faith. Uh, I know it was for me. Um, but yes, indeed. Hey, two dogs twitching too. Good to see ya. And of course, uh, two dogs says he's going to lawyer up. I don't doubt that for a fact. Welcome into the Twitch chats. Uh, let's get back to this article here. It says, uh, the furrin cleavage site is the defining feature that gives COVID-19 the ability to easily infect humans. I'm going to make a really, really dumb joke here. Uh, but do you think that the uh, furrin cleavage site on a virus is anything like um, an implant on a human. Anyways, we'll leave that there. You guys, (laughs) they're like, those are not natural. This fern cleavage site is not natural. Uh, Clearly they're fake. Uh, Now it says here, uh, the covid nineteen ability to easily infect humans and has long been puzzled over by scientists since no such site has ever been observed in a naturally occurring SARS-related coronaviruses. Farzan, like scientist Christian Anderson, who has received funding from Fauci's NIAID, works at the Scripps Laboratory. As was already known from previously released emails, Anderson had privately told Fauci on January 31st, 2020, that the virus looked engineered. Anderson would later spearhead Fauci's efforts to promote a natural origin narrative. And uh, that is a photo of Dr. Francis. Dr. Francis, the mustache, Collins. Um, And uh, he's since uh, retired, right? I I guess maybe he's trying to uh, avoid any type of accountability. Um, But what have you. Farzan, the article continues, told the senior members of Fauci's teleconference group that a likely explanation could be something as simple as passage SARS-Live-CoVs in tissue culture on human cell lines for an extended period of time which could lead to the accidental creation of a virus that would be primed for rapid transmission between humans. This mutated virus would likely have specific adaptation to human ACE2 receptors via repeated passage. A recent study in the science journal Nature noted that the COVID-19 virus was uniquely adapted to infect humans as it exhibited the highest binding to human HACE2 of all the species tested. In layman's terms, Farzan concluded that the pandemic likely originated from a lab in which live coronaviruses were passed through human-like tissues over and over, accelerating virus mutations with the end result being that one of the mutated viruses may have leaked from the lab. Farzan placed the likelihood of a leak from a Wuhan lab at 60 to 70 percent likely. The emails indicate that Farzan was cognizant that the Wuhan lab conducted these types of dangerous experiments in Level 2 labs, which have a very low biosecurity standard. This fact was later admitted by the Wuhan lab's director, Shi Zengli, in July 2020. Notably, since the start of the pandemic, Farzan has received grants totaling $20 million from Collins, NIH, and Fauci's NIAID. Exactly why they always tell us to follow the money. Uh, See, they cannot figure out how this gets accomplished in nature. Yeah, how in nature does a virus pass multiple times through uh, human-related cells and tissue in order to uh, grow the ability to attach itself for infection? Let's see what it says. Further revelations in the newly unredacted emails came from Gary, Another scientist funded by Fauci's NIAID who told the senior members of the teleconference group in no uncertain terms that I really can't think of a plausible natural scenario where you get from the bat virus to COVID-19. Gary cited the remarkable sequences that would have to occur naturally telling the group that I just can't figure out how this gets accomplished in nature. Do the alignment of the spikes at the amino acid level, it's stunning he noted, that a lab-created virus would readily explain the data he was seeing, telling Fauci's group that, of course, in the lab, it would be easy to generate the perfect 12-base insert that you wanted. Along the same lines of what Farzan had said, Gary was telling Fauci's group that it was extremely unlikely that the fern cleavage site could have evolved naturally, whereas creating it in a lab was easy. The primary difference between Farzan's and Gary's view lies in whether the lab created the fern cleavage site through serial passage in human-like tissue or through direct insertion of the site. In either case, both scientists thought it was likely that the virus came out of the Wuhan lab rather than having originated in nature. And as nature and, uh, you know, things go, I mean, uh... I think it's more about, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, the point of least resistance, the easiest path. You know, I'm sure there's some kind of uh, scientific term for that. But anyways, uh, the article concludes scientists' private views conflict with public statements. Oh, you think Gary's privately stated view is even more remarkable because only a day earlier on February 1, 2020, Gary had helped to complete the first draft of the proximal origin paper that promoted the idea that the virus had originated in nature. That paper became the media's and the public health establishment's go-to evidence from for a natural origin for the COVID-19 virus. It was published online on February 16, 2020, and firmly excluded the possibility of a lab leak. One of Gary's co-authors for the Proximal Origin paper, Andrew Rambout, also is cited in the newly redacted emails. In congruence with the other two scientists, Rambout told Fauci's teleconference group that he also was bothered by the unusual fern cleavage site, but unlike Gary or Farzan, he speculated that the virus might have arisen in another animal, the so-called intermediate Host. What was it? Wasn't that like the, what was the name of that animal? The Pella? Pe, Pe, it looked weird. I'd never seen that animal before. Anyways, uh, I cannot even think of what it was called. But anyhow, uh, two years later, no such host has been identified. Uh, in the case of the original SARS virus, as well as the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS virus, the intermediate host was found within a few months Rambaut also recognized uh, immediately the peculiar fact that the fern cleavage site insertion has resulted in an extremely fit virus in humans. We can also deduce that it is not optimal for transmission in bat species. Rambaut lamented the lack of data being shared by Wuhan scientists and concluded that only the Wuhan Institute of Virology knew what had happened. You see, what had happened was... Fauci's group misleads National Academy of Sciences, you know, and all of this to me is also kind of leading up to, uh, I would say it's intent. If you have a pattern of lying and, uh, you know, deception, uh, in the face of question and in the face of truth and in the face of reason and in the face of evidence and the face of documentation, I mean, what else could there be other than he was intentionally deceiving to what end? Well, I mean, I guess that is always up to uh, speculation. Uh, But ladies and gentlemen, I mean, uh, why else would there be that great a pattern of lies and deception uh, that flies in the face of documentation? The day after these three scientists shared their views with the senior members of the group on February 3rd, 2020, Fauci attended a meeting at the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. That meeting had been urgently convened at the behest of White House Director of Science and Technology, Kelvin Drogmeyer, who wrote that he was seeking answers about the origins of COVID-19. Blah. The meeting, which included a presentation by Fauci, was also attended by Peter Dazak the person through whom Fauci had funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, by, we, by way of Eco Alliance uh, Health, uh, the per- uh, and, uh, and Christian Anderson, Fauci and his group promoted the natural origin theory to the academy, despite having just been told on the teleconference and in subsequent emails that a lab leak provided the most likely explanation for the virus. While they were pushing their natural origin narrative to NASEM and by extension to the White House, Fauci and his group made no mention of their private discussions, which were taking place at the same time that the virus most likely originated in Wuhan. NIH hiding behind unjustifiable redactions. The new emails fill some of the gaps left by previous redactions, but still only cover a small portion. Of the many emails that remain redacted. A close examination of the newly unredacted emails reveals that none of the usual justifications for redactions, such as private information about people or threats to sources and methods, apply. Instead, it appears that all of the redactions were made solely based on shielding the NIH from scrutiny over its cover-up of the virus's origins. These efforts at obfuscation tie in with the fact that we only found out about these newly uh, new emails after a months-long battle between the Department of Health and Human Services, the parent organization of Fauci's NIH and NIAID, and House Republicans. So uh, this, uh the article here, talks about uh, what they went through to obtain that information um, and uh, the routes that they took and eventually, the uh, Department of Health and Human Services relented and gave them that information. NIH silences dissenting views, of course. Uh, we've all read and seen the emails where they talk about shutting down any dissension in the media about what uh, could have happened in uh, Wuhan. And uh, all that stuff, you know, they talk about um, this uh, scientist here who is actually speaking out against it and giving an example of uh, how they uh, shut people down, ladies and gentlemen. And a lot, a lot of scientists and doctors have lost their jobs, have lost, you know, uh, their credibility has been attacked. I, I wouldn't say that they've lost their credibility, uh, but the eyes of, in the eyes of the popular media, I would definitely say uh, that they would say they've lost their credibility, But, uh, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, all of this information, guys, it's out there. Uh, we're just waiting for action to happen, to take place. So this way they can be held accountable. You know, uh, the wheels of justice move slowly. We've said it once, we'll say it again. Uh, but that doesn't mean we should lose faith in the system or the process. And yes, I get it. We have a very corrupt judiciary here in this country. Uh, but you know, I think in some regards that too is also going to come to the front, the forefront anyways, Uh, when we're talking about getting our country back and, uh, restoring our Republic and the rule of law, ladies and gentlemen, all right, let's see how we're doing out there. Looks like we are still kicking it on most platforms and, uh, well, God bless the, uh, God bless the citizens of the foxhole. They're still holding out over there. Um... Okay. And ah, looks like some of them are gonna start dropping off too. Uh, but anyhow, the show must go on, as they say. <laughs> uh, Tune the pink. Of course, I know my channel is down, but uh, the show must go on, guys. Okay. Uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, hey, what's going on? The speak uneasy. Good to see you over there in the uh, Twitch chat rooms. Hey, what's going on? He says I'm here. Ah, good, to, good, good, good to have you with us tonight. Uh, they're they're having uh, issues over there at the uh, at the old homestead, as it were. Let's talk a little bit about some election fraud, election integrity stories. I got uh, two topics for you guys here tonight, in that regard. And uh, let me see. We'll, we'll go ahead and mix this one for tonight, ma'am, because I just took so long talking at the start of today's show. Uh, we can get to that one eventually. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, uh, election fraud, election integrity. got two stories. Uh, we'll talk about Arizona after this one and kind of update on what's going on there since we haven't spoken about Arizona uh, in quite some time here at the c Report. Uh, but first of all, let's go to a Judicial Watch story. Now, Judicial Watch has always done a good job of, uh, uh, you know, attempting and trying and actually getting some of the truth out there that, uh, we don't always get to hear. They're, you know, quite handy at the, uh, Freedom of Information Acts, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, um, obtaining those as well as, uh, really, really, uh, uh holding, uh, holding, uh, agencies and uh, elected officials to the fire and, and getting that information. Um, so it seems that they have, uh, they've done another job for the American people in regards to election integrity. And uh, that uh, says here on this headline, Judicial Watch Uncovers Dirty Voter rolls, Fights for Election Integrity. Dirty voter rolls, one of the oldest tricks in the book, ladies and gentlemen, one that has been blown wide open beyond, uh, beyond, uh, beyond ignoring anymore, particularly uh, because of uh, all the happenings for 2020 and the fraud that occurred there. Again, like I said, The fraud of the 2020 election happened so many different ways, uh, and this is just one of the ways that they employed and probably one of the oldest methods that they've used to steal our elections. Uh, The article from Judicial Watch says, in a high-impact case of potential voter fraud, you'll learn about only from Judicial Watch, a new investigation reveals likely ineligible voter registrations around the country. In November, Judicial Watch's election integrity team sent letters to officials in five states warning of apparent serious violations of the National Voter Registration Act. The NVRA is a critical election integrity measure that directs the state to make a reasonable effort to remove from voting rolls the names of ineligible voters who have been disqualified from voting due to death or failure to provide notification of change of residence. Dirty voter rolls matter. Leaving the names of inactive voters on registration rolls creates opportunities for fraud, such as dead people voting or double voting. Sometimes it takes only a few votes to swing an election. The numbers of potentially ineligible voters identified in the new Judicial Watch probe are staggering. The NVRA requires states to remove registrations of voters who fail to respond to an address confirmation request And then fail to vote in two consecutive elections. States are required by federal law to report to Congress how many ineligible voters are removed from their polls or from their rolls for this reason. Judicial Watch mined the statutory reporting data for some astonishing revelations. Over the most recent four year reporting period, large counties in powerful states such as New York and California reported few or no removals of ineligible voters from voting rolls. For example, in the heart of New York City, Manhattan, with 1.2 million registered voters, state authorities removed a grand total of two ineligible voters from voting rolls for failing to respond to a notice um, and vote, according to data New York itself provided to Congress. So in in a state of 1.2 million registered voters only 2 right in Brooklyn with 1.7 million registered voters the number removed for this reason 0 in Queens with 1.3 million registered voters the number removed as ineligible 0 in the Bronx with 867,000 voters one eligible one ineligible voter was removed. In Staten Island with 344,000 voters, zero. The story is the same in California. Large counties show impossibly small number of ineligible voters removed from voting rolls for failing to respond to a notice and vote. In San Bernardino County and Greater Los Angeles, with a county population of 1.2 million registered voters, a total of 14 ineligible voters were removed from the voting rolls for the entire four-year reporting period. According to data, the state provided two federal uh, officials. For Sacramento County, with over 1 million registered voters, zero were removed. In Fresno County, with more than 500,000 registered voters, Two ineligible voters removed. About 10% of Americans move every year, notes Robert Popper, Judicial Watch's director of voting integrity efforts. Those counties should generate hundreds of thousands of canceled registrations. There is simply no way to comply with federal law while removing so few outdated registrations under its key provision. Judicial Watch sent warning letters to state election officials in five states, New York, California, Oregon, Arkansas, and Illinois, noting the possibility, noting the impossibly low number of statutory removals, the warning letter gives the states ninety days to correct the record. If that data, if the data are not, in, if the data are incorrect, the Judicial Watch letter notes, uh, please provide what you believe to be the correct numbers. If the numbers are not corrected or otherwise resolved within ninety days, uh, the uh, letter states we will commence. A federal lawsuit. And uh, they have a a link to the letter there. Uh, Judicial Watch supporters know that this is not our first rodeo. In California, we uncovered 1.6 million inactive voters on electoral rolls in Los Angeles County and sued, forcing LA to clean up its act. We sued Pennsylvania for failing to make reasonable efforts to remove ineligible voters from their rolls. Pennsylvania revised its numbers, admitting it had had reported incorrect information to a federal agency on the removal of ineligible voters. But even the new figures are too low. Pennsylvania now admits that in 18 other counties, which together contain 25% of the entire state's registered voters, it removed a grand total of 15 inactive, ineligible voters in a two-year period. Uh, It goes on to say that they went to a court in Colorado where studies have shown that a majority of the state's counties have registration rates that exceed 100% of the voting age population. Our lawsuit charges an ongoing systemic problem and with Colorado's voter list maintenance obligations. Uh, They filed a lawsuit in North Carolina for the same reason, large numbers of ineligible voters on the state voter rolls. Uh, They've done so successfully in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana, And it uh, concludes here. The new warning letters put California on notice again and expand Judicial Watch's electoral integrity work into New York, Oregon, Arkansas, and Illinois. Once again, Judicial Watch is leading the charge for clean voter rolls and election integrity, says Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton. These letters are just the beginning of another sweep in federal court, if necessary, to clean voter rolls throughout the country. Got to give it up for uh organizations and people who do work like this uh, another one that comes to mind is pilf the public uh public interest um legal foundation uh, they also uh f- well they focus primarily on elections election law and election violations uh, judicial watch uh they do uh they do an entire job there uh, they are a uh, they are a jack of all trades when it comes to holding our uh government accountable as it were uh, but yes, uh, absolutely um, support and bless these uh, these organizations and these individuals uh, that do this work for us. Um, okay, next up, let's get into Arizona, Arizona. Okay, guys, we haven't talked about Arizona in a while. Where we left off over a hundred days ago, uh, the uh, Senate and the auditors uh, behind the uh, forensic audit in Arizona had turned in all the information. To the sleeping bear who has gone back into hibernation, it seems. That is, again, uh, Attorney General Bernovich of Arizona. And uh, yeah, that's where we left off, guys. Ah, we've done a little bit here and there in in betwixt whiles. Uh, but uh, really, not a whole lot has been coming out of Arizona. Uh, but still... Uh let's see what happened. Uh we have uh, this Maricopa County releases analysis of the Senate inquiry. They admit to double counted ballots and double voting. Okay. So apparently uh the Maricopa County board of uh of lies, liars, cheaters and dece- deceivers uh treasonous SOBs, you know. Uh apparently they've uh, they've done a report which is serving as their response to the Arizona Forensic Audit. Okay, I wonder what that report says, right? There's been so much information that has come out on the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. It's, it's, it's ridiculous that people still actually trust them. But then again, Arizona is probably among the worst, or perhaps Maricopa County as far as a, a leftist interests really controlling a lot of the media. And uh, uh, the likes out there. Um, but this article from, the Gate- article from the Gateway Pundit says, uh, Yesterday, Maricopa County released a 93-page response to the Arizona Senate audit. The auditors identified hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots. They discovered internet connectivity on the elections management server, deleted fi- elections files, and several more election law violations. You know, we, we covered that at nauseum. Uh, The county denied every claim, but they finally admitted a year after the election to double voting and double counted ballots. All evidence from the Senate audit was delivered to Arizona attorney General Mark Vernovich, And uh, Arizona voters are still waiting for justice. Okay, uh, let's see here. Let's move past all of this extra stuff that they got here. The county officials also held a four hour long special meeting with their attorneys yesterday. Um, uh, to deny all the auditors' findings, Maricopa County's response referenced the findings of their uh, BS election audit performed by the county earlier last year. Uh, Former Maricopa County Supervisor Stephen Chukri said on record that the county's audit was BS. And uh, yeah, we listened to that audio, guys. It was uh, rather uh, damning. Of course, Chukri is no longer with the Board of Supervisors. Maricopa County denied almost all claims by the Senate auditors in their lengthy report. They did, however, admit that voters voted twice and that ballots were double counted. The Maricopa County report stated, our analysis found 37 instances instances where a voter may have unlawfully cast multiple ballots. We have forwarded these instances to the Arizona Attorney General's office for further investigation. We also found 50 instances in which a ballot was potentially double counted. After Maricopa County's post-election review of all two million eighty-nine thousand five hundred sixty-three ballot IDs, it appears that 50 ballots in one batch were scanned twice. This had no impact on the outcome of any contest. And that's what's important to them right there. Aside from uh, not going to jail, not being fined, with felony charges. They continue to discredit the Arizona Senate audit and its findings. And then uh, again, the Gateway Pundit, as ever so uh, tenaciously done, encourages people to contact AG Mark Burnovich. which I gotta say, I have to say, uh, when I was able to ask Senator Wendy Rogers um, what we could do, to uh, prompt A.G. Burnovich to uh, to get his act in gear. Uh, she said, you can't do anything because it's in the hands of the law now. So it's not like we as a citizen or a voter or a constituent, and obviously I'm not a constituent in Arizona, but we as a concerned American cannot call up Burnovich and be like, you need to do something. You need to prosecute. You need to give us a perp walk, Burnovich.'" Because, um, I mean, it's, it's based on law enforcement, not on popular demand, right? She since changed her tune, which is fine by me. <laughs> fine by me. And now she's like, you get a hold of Brnovich and tell him what's up. Uh, for those of you who, who want it, uh, let's see here. Oh, they, they actually didn't post his phone number in this, uh, this article. They usually have his phone number posted. They usually have his phone number posted for everyone to see and call. Uh, let's see um, what do we got here what do we got here he doesn't have a toll-free number come on Bernovich. <laughs> uh, let's see here let's let's give you guys some something you can do you can, you can contact him at his Phoenix office at a uh, 602-542-5025 again that's 602-542-5025 um, yeah, just inundate one of his offices or something like that, guys. But, uh, actually what we have here now is the, uh, the actual presentation, uh, the report from, uh, from the Maricopa County Board of, of, uh, criminals. You know, we're not going to read all of this again. It's 93 pages of garbage. It's their in-depth analysis of, uh, the Senate inquiry. It says here, uh, let's just look at some of these, uh, little highlights like, uh, The November 2020 general election was administered with integrity and the results were accurate and reliable. This has been proven through statutorily required accuracy tests, court cases, hand counts performed by the political parties and post-election audits. The election department followed all federal and state election laws, blah, blah, blah. Maricopa County worked in good faith to comply with the subpoenas. Right. I mean, we were all present and accounted for when we saw you uh, defying those subpoenas multiple times. Uh, and, and it goes on to point out, of course, while the Senate hired partisan contractors with no election experience. Can we talk about, uh, you know, pro v and uh, you know, um, the other supposedly certified uh, um, uh Businesses that uh, they use through the EAC to uh, do these audits, they're not even certified to, cert- to, to audit or certify audits. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, our, our analysis found that Cyber Ninjas made faulty and inaccurate conclusions about more than 53,000 ballots in 22 different categories because they're probably not accounting for the fraudulent ballots that were included in this audit. We'll skip through that. Uh, In total, we found fewer than 100 potentially questionable ballots cast out of 2.1 million, okay? Uh, There's not a single accurate claim contained in Cipher's analysis of Maricopa County's tabulation equipment and the um, election management system. Uh, That includes allegations that county staff intentionally deleted election files and logs. Okay, I mean, uh, uh, again, we've seen the report you know, uh, we, we, we are aware of the uh, information that's being withheld. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous here, guys. Um, all the backup hard drives and corresponding data files from the November uh, 2020 general election have been maintained and safely secured. Contrary to claims made by the Senate and its contractors, the Arizona Senate did not subpoena these archived files. Because they supposedly what they gave it to uh, to good old uh, Secretary of Snakes Schnobbs, Katie Schnobbs, Katie Hobbs over there in order in order to uh, give them some type of uh, some type of uh, alibi, as it were. But anyway, so you know, there you go. Uh, this is their their sham report. Let's move on. Oh wait, this is not what I had next for us in mind. This is what I had next to us in mind. We'll get to that one in just a minute. Uh we had Senate uh President Karen Fan giving a response to this uh giving a response to this report, this assessment by uh the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and their team of uh team of swindlers. It says uh President Karen Fan responds to Maricopa County's recognition of needed improvements to its election process. It says, uh, from day one, the Arizona Senate's efforts have been in pursuit of a singular goal, identifying and implementing improvements to our elections processes. Although it took 14 months and a costly audit, Maricopa County yesterday joined us in pursuit of this worthwhile objective. Finally, the county identified and submitted instances where ballots may have been cast illegally to the Attorney General. Finally, the county admitted that ballots had, in fact, been scanned and counted twice. Finally, the county is adding processes to better identify double counted ballots, a new system to check for deceased voters, and changing how it tracks and stores duplicate ballots, said President Karen Fan. As our efforts have clearly shown election processes in here in Arizona are not designed to be easily audited unlike every other government process accountable to citizens. Now that the county is joining us, we look forward to implementing improvements to add ease, authentication, transparency, and accountability to our elections processes in the coming legislative session. Maricopa County took an important first step with us yesterday, and we look forward to their cooperation to improve voter confidence in our elections going forward, said President Fan. Meanwhile, we're still reviewing this report while patiently waiting for data. From the special master on the routers and Splunk log, we are also looking forward to hearing from the attorney general on the results of the investigation. Now, on the surface, ladies and gentlemen, I just really think that that is way too soft, and uh, I I just don't understand uh, why Karen Fan seemingly would be wanting to create this uh, air of uh, I don't know. Like, how would you refer to that? This. Camaraderie, I don't know, unification, um, as disrespectful, outright, uh, and as uh, as just, I'm beyond words in this guy's like the the amount of fraud these guys perpetrated, the way they handled themselves, their lack of decorum, uh, their disrespect for for the Senate and and the rule of law, period. Uh, it it's crazy that Karen Fan can can be so um, forgiving so uh middle of the line in her response but again i mean maybe that's just part of her game the only thing i could think about with ag Bernovich now aside from the fact that he's at home sleeping uh you know having dreams about uh i don't know uh hunting uh hunting hunting wild game with his numchucks is that maybe he too is waiting for what the uh the master investigator here or Master General, Special Master, is going to uh, turn over in regards to the routers and the Splunk logs. Maybe uh, Bernovich is like, well, I got to wait for that so we have a complete audit, okay? Maybe Bernovich was waiting for Maricopa County's retort to what the audit found. Uh, You know, maybe he's just trying to ensure that he gets all of that important detailed information before he press his charges but again there was already so much information that he could act on uh that that, you know it it makes one wonder why he hasn't okay it makes one wonder why he hasn't but again faith and patience is what the name of the game here is going to be my only other alternative theory is that, uh, the powers that be have said, "Burnovich, you have enough to act here, but you gotta wait until at least two of the other states are ready to decertify so they can just, uh, whop them with a good old, uh, a good old punch of, uh, karma, justice, and, uh, the will of the American people. Shining through, ladies and gentlemen, is the only other thing that I can think of in regards to uh, Brnovich stalling and uh, and hibernating in a cave out there in Arizona somewhere. So uh anyways, guys, so let's go on to our next story. This is one other story coming out of Arizona tonight that I thought would be a, a, a vital point to share with you guys. And again, it looks like we still have some, some of the friends over at the Foxhole hanging on. Thank you, guys, if you can hear me out there somewhere in the interwebs. Um, Aurelius Locke says streams that are just starting are fine. Uh, Mr. C might want to try refresh, refreshing the foxhole stream. Ha! The, the thing is, Mr. Aurelius Locke is I cannot do that live and I'm not cutting my stream. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I can't, I can't cut in the middle of a show. I've done it before. Uh, and then that time, like it took three times for it to work and then it failed on the fourth time. So I just, I can't do it. Uh, but if you're still with us live on other platforms, thanks again for joining us and being here with us. Um, hopefully you guys can catch the restream over there at Foxhole and Pilled, but they have not been archiving my shows this past week uh, anyhow. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to say, guys. Get in touch with management and, and hopefully they can get it fixed up. Um, okay, so this next story from Arizona, the last one coming out of, uh, out of Arizona. Again, in this instance, we have clear clear-cut violations of election law. Uh, When we think about the traffic balloting, uh, the ballot trafficking in Georgia, you know, when we think about uh, the investigation that uh, Garland Favrito did over in Georgia that clearly showed that there were uh, grave mistakes or violations of the law, you know, um, it's right in your face. Well, uh, this organization out of Arizona called uh, We the People Arizona, or We the People Alliance of Arizona. Uh, they are uh, an election integrity group that has arisen out of the necessity for it. Well, they had an investigation and they've just dropped a bombshell of a story about uh, about some election law violations that they have captured on film, guys. So we're gonna look at these, uh, these brief videos and what they are showing us, what they're discovering, um, so that we can all see it and then uh I, hopefully they turn this stuff over to ag Bernovich also right uh now uh, a lot of these videos they're about 30 seconds to a minute long they don't have any uh audio with it so uh we'll just play the videos and uh i'll let you guys know uh, what they're uh what they're describing in them uh now the first one that we're going to watch here it says a policy doesn't mean a thing Uh, Maricopa County Elections Department claims it is policy to have two people in the server room whenever someone is using the server room, KVM, keyboard video monitor. This video clearly shows that policy means nothing to anyone at uh, the Maricopa County uh, Elections uh, Center Commission, MTEC. These videos are to show show the blatant disregard for any laws, rules or statutes and is a clear indicator that there is plenty of willfully negligent and potentially unscrupulous people involved in our election. Or as, uh, Brad Raffensperger would like to say in Georgia, uh, a mismanagement, severe mismanagement. Okay. Isaac again, going to expand for me? Come on, video, expand. All right. Let me, uh get this cleared up real quick so we can take a gander at what they're talking about. There we go. Still no expansion. There we go. okay, so let's see what it has here real quick for you guys. Here's a uh, caught on film someone violating the uh, two people must occupy now it highlights it highlights the rule here. Uh, it is county elections policy to require two people in the server room whenever someone is using the server room keyboard. And uh, there you have the video footage. The lone uh, lone election worker doing God knows what caught on camera. And, uh, oh, there's more. But wait, there's more. Not only was there only one person in the server room accessing the terminal, but did you catch that he is on a cell phone as he walks out? Again, that's another violation. Is that enough to hold people accountable? Probably not, is what they'll say. Why are you doing this to me now? Okay. Okay. Uh next one, exposure now my now my computer's acting funny. Hold on. Ah. Lord Almighty. Okay. Uh exposure equals fix the problem. The next video. After thousands of views on our on our video showing the Maricopa County uh elections department's questionable practices with removing documents from a secure shred bin. They have now decided to place a lock on the bin, making it actually secure-ish for the first time since we have had a live camera view of the outside. These videos uh, are to show a blatant disregard for any laws, rules, or statutes, and is a clear indicator that there is plenty of willfully negligent and potentially unscrupulous people involved in our elections. Let's see if this one will work for us. Okay. All right. There's no sound on these anyway. So, uh, we posted a video of only a few of them many times that Maricopa County election workers were seen taking papers out of an unlocked sensitive document shred bin. What is this woman up to? What is she doing? Okay. Uh, taking, the, uh, taking the security of sensitive data seriously since 12.07 PM. Okay. Look at all of these other uh, programs. Okay. Let's move that off. All right. What do we got next? Another video about the recycle bin. Let's see, uh, here we have an election supervisor thumbing through what looks like ballot envelopes, pulling them out of the shred bin and sticking them in a drawer. Caught on camera. What are those and why are we pulling them out of the recycle bin? The question is asked. Does this seem like legitimate behavior? And she puts them back in the file. How much do you think she got paid by Zuckerbucks to do that? That's my question. All right. What do we got next? Business as usual. Oh, I think we already... No, let's check this one out. Okay. Business as usual. Okay, it says... uh, Staff break room electronic devices allowed in this area only. This video of election workers using personal cell phone in secure areas that they are not allowed to have phones in. Second part also shows one reason why that's not okay. She is taking pictures of ballots with her phone. These videos are to show the blatant disregard of any laws, rules, or statutes, and is a clear indicator that there is plenty of willfully negligent and potentially unscrupulous people involved in our elections. So there they are on their phones. There they are taking pictures of ballots. Who they think they are, right? If only there was volume on this. I wonder what they're saying. Looks like she had a lot to say. Yep. She's taking pictures of ballots. Goodness me, oh my. All right, we'll just look at uh, one more of these. Again, this is from the YouTube page of We the People USA Alliance, Arizona. Let's see what this one says. Okay, uh, these are election workers putting ballot envelopes into a sensitive data shred bin that should be locked. Later, you see an election supervisor pulling them back out the next day. Okay. Okay. I'm sure somehow this video footage will make its way with an analysis to the Attorney General of Arizona. Will he do anything about it? That remains to be seen, ladies and gentlemen. That remains to be seen. Okay, so they got to shred this stuff, right? What Dodd? we just toss out? I'm pretty sure that was a typo. And here, uh, here, oh, they're throwing more away. Oh, no, she's like, oh, wait, why'd you throw these out? Just to turn around and take them out. And that seems to be the same lady that was there uh, in the first or second video with that recycling bin. Yeah, that's the same lady. Crazy, crazy, guys. Caught on camera. But will anything be done? Again, that remains to be seen, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. It's our final story for the night. You made it. We did it. We actually crossed that finish line. We're almost crossing that finish line even though uh, we've had a string of technical difficulties tonight, and uh, it seems to be getting uh, gradually worse as the show goes on. But the show must go on, as Microwave Marge would say, and indeed, we're not going to let that stop us. We're at least going to crush that finish line. Uh, Queen Elizabeth strips royal family member of titles ahead of Epstein trial. So yes, as you guys might recall, or you might be aware of, uh little prince andrew will not be able to have his trial dismissed he is going to go to trial it's set to be around september of this year so uh, of course he's going to have a royal fallout this royal flush so to speak it's going to bring him down i would uh, i would uh, i would go uh to uh well let's let's try it anyways just for a hoot and a holler and see if it works uh, again, this is this is coming from the Western Journal. You, you could have found this information anywhere, though. Everyone's talking about it. Queen Elizabeth has stripped Prince Andrew of his titles as he fights a civil sexual lawsuit, assault lawsuit. The prince is fighting a New York lawsuit that accuses him of sexually abusing a minor while she was being controlled by Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, in light of this scandalous lawsuit, the Queen stripped her son of his Royal Highness title and removed his military associations and royal patronages. Uh, With the Queen's approval and agreement, the Duke of York's military and royal patronages have been returned to the Queen. The Duke of York will continue not to undertake any public duties and is defending the case as a private citizen, Buckingham Palace said in a statement today. This announcement also came upon the heels of a letter from more than 150 veterans of the Royal Navy, Air Force, and Army. They called upon the monarch to strip her son of all his titles and ranks in the military. The letter said that the prince had fallen well short of the military standards of probity, honesty, and honorable conduct. Uh, It is hard not to see when senior officers are reportedly describing him as a toxic as toxic that he has brought the services he is associated with into disrepute the letter said cnbc news reported the letter also said that were this any other senior military officer it is inconceivable that he would still be in post the guardian reported the queen's decision to strip her son of his titles also came after a judge rejected the request to dismiss the lawsuit he faces Uh, One of Epstein's victims, Virginia Giuffre, filed a lawsuit against Prince Andrew last year. She claimed that she was forced to have sex with the prince when she was 17 years old. The prince denied these allegations, as the Wall Street Journal reported. However, the prince is possibly facing a new trial in New York this fall since his lawyers failed to halt the suit. The prince's lawyers argued that Epstein reached a civil settlement with Giuffre in 2008 and that barred her from suing Prince Andrew or others who may have abused her in connection to Epstein. But yesterday, a judge rejected the request that the lawsuit can be dismissed. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the long and the short of it. The rest of it just goes into the Maxwell case and into uh, some history with uh, the royal family there. But uh, that is that, ladies and gentlemen. And at the end of uh, this uh, show today, I just uh, want to thank all of you all who uh, were able to continue hanging out with us. And uh, well, we will be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, May the uh, gods of technology and uh, whatever else, what other forces are at work back there, uh, you know, uh, bless us with a smooth show tomorrow or, you know, at least uh, stifle the... uh, efforts of the uh dissenters as they say ladies and gentlemen but uh i think i am done for tonight guys it's been a pleasure being with you all as always and uh you know we will uh, see you again tomorrow so as always because now i'm just getting a little bit redundant here uh have a good night be safe be blessed and god bless america we will see you tomorrow ciao now